Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Brita Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So you are tuning in today for Monday morning message and prayer, and we are going to talk about God's attribute of attentiveness today. So this was actually a bit difficult for me uh, to study as I looked for verses to study and bring to you um, this week on this characteristic, this attribute of God that we are called to reflect, especially as mothers and as parents in general. Um, so I found this article on godly attentiveness, and it's written by a guy named Paul Bucknell. And I'm going to use that as our guide today, giving Paul all of the credit where credit is due. <laughs> so thank you, Paul, for your article and for sharing it. Um, but in his work, Paul talks about the materialistic things that we can p- tend to be attentive to in our world today. So maybe that's our phone. Uh, maybe that's our social media accounts. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, things as, you know, our makeup or our clothes. And really, Paul is so right, you know. And I think in some ways, you know, motherhood humbles us in some of these areas because I don't know about you, but I don't have time to do my makeup and my hair every single day without taking away from something else that I need to be doing or I think I need to be doing. And I'm sure if I really wanted to and, you know, when I do want to, like for an event or church on Sunday or, you know, when I have a virtual podcast interview with an expert guest speaker, I do find the time um, and make this happen most of the most of the time, you know, when I want to look really presentable and at my best. But I guess, you know, I've learned the importance of where my attention needs to be in this way. Sometimes it's like, I don't feel it to be as important to do my hair and makeup every day and wear really nice clothes every day. Um, to just hang around at the house with my baby. Not saying that I want to look like a slob either. That's not what I'm saying. Now, my mom really likes to be presentable um, and she will do her hair and makeup at home. And that's something for me not wanting to do that and for her wanting to do that does not mean that either of us are wrong or right. I mean, it doesn't mean that she pays too much attention to that or I don't pay enough attention to it. It's just you know, what we're, you know, what's important to us in that way. Um, And she can do those things, you know, Um, and I'm in a different stage of life as her uh, at the moment. So I really do think motherhood humbles us, you know, in these areas. And really, truly, I think for the most part, I have learned the importance of where my attention needs to be in this way, like I said before. So if something is making you feel good about yourself and is a form of self-care, then I think that it's okay. Like I think for my mom, it's a form of self-care for her. And, you know, she loves to do her hair and makeup. This makes her feel good. And I love to do my hair and makeup too. It does make me feel better. But I think the important thing here is to remember to not put more value on materialistic things and be less attentive or neglectful to the things we need to be and the things that are more important. And I don't think that my mom is neglectful or less attentive to the things that she need to needs to be to make this, you know, her hair and her makeup important to her. And now there's days where she stays at home and she doesn't do those things because she's like the rest of us and doesn't feel like it, right? But 
for the most part, she likes to do those things because it's a form of self-care for her. For me, it's not always a form of self-care for me. Maybe one day I'm feeling really bad about myself and I'm like, hey, if I just go outside and I get a walk in and then I can come home, take a shower, do my hair, do my makeup, look somewhat presentable, put something nice on, that might be something I need to do on a particular day. But for me, that's not a form of self-care for me on a daily basis. So it might be a form of self-care for you. And again, the important thing here is to remember to not put more value on materialistic things and be less attentive or neglectful to the things that we need to be and the things that are more important. So some of us put our thoughts to the past and spend too much time being attentive to the things there, right? Which we should definitely learn from uh, the past, but we also need to take the lesson that's there and we need to move on we can't go back there and we can't change things and others of us put too much of our attention on the future and while it's good to have goals and to be working towards them it's good to have a plan although if it isn't God's plan then (laughs) you know that we're following then he's gonna say oh how cute not that way child right and he's gonna laugh at our plans The point is that we need to live in the here and now. We need to be attentive to what is going on in our lives right now. And I think God is the only one who can truly prepare us for the future and pay close attention to those details because he is the only one that knows what lies ahead. We do not. And of course, we ask God for wisdom and guidance and we work to be obedient to him and what he is asking us to do. As mothers, we need to be attentive to our children the way God is attentive to us. Not in the same exact way, because we're not God, right? But we can reflect his character. Paul Bucknell, the author of this article, not Paul from the Bible, (laughs) tells us that godly attentiveness is not only something we should nurture and build within ourselves, but also a trait that we need to pass along to our children as well. He says, Godly attentiveness anticipates how to best respond to God and others around me. In order for us to be attentive to those around us, we must first be attentive to God and to God's wisdom, to God and God's discernment. In Jeremiah 17, 24, it says, If you listen attentively to me, declares the Lord, to bring no load in through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but to keep the Sabbath day holy by doing no work on it. Paul says that attentiveness, although not really pointed out in the Bible as a godly characteristic, and probably why I had a difficult time studying it, but he says that attentiveness is first paying attention and being attentive to those in a authority over us and listening to their wisdom and direction because God usually puts those people in authority over us. So what I mean by that is listening to the wise uh, words of your pastor and direction of your pastor. If you are, you know, in a church who is speaking the truth in the news of Jesus Christ 
and really preaching the gospel, right? Because we, as we know in today's culture, that's not always the case. But I believe that if you are in one of those churches, you know, that is a true church of Jesus Christ is bringing people to Christ and is speaking the truth of God's word, that God has placed you where you are for, you know, maybe forever at, you know, in that church or, or for a time, but that is a person that is authority and authority is that pastor, that shepherd, that teacher who's teaching you the words of God. So being attentive to listening to their wisdom and direction. And it also means that we're attentive to the needs of others in our lives. And sometimes that means that we are to do things that we don't want to do for the good of others, right? This doesn't mean that we're to become people pleasers, but that we are seeking for God's direction and guidance when it comes to meeting the needs of others, that we're asking God, how can I help my child? How can I guide my child? Guide me, give me direction, Lord, so that I can do this the way you want me to and not the way I think I should. And I think that this is especially true as moms, as I was just saying a little bit, you know, but that we work to be attentive to the needs of our children and our spouses. The author of this article, Paul, (laughs) says that godly attentiveness, the basis of that is that God uses his love through us, through our lives, and it also helps us to be proactive in our lives. And as moms, we do need to be more proactive and less reactive. If we are void of godly attentiveness, then we're going to miss God's leading and we're going to ignore the needs of others in our lives. And of course, we don't do this intentionally, right? But as moms, as parents, sometimes we want our own will such as to get even with our kids when they're talking back to us and we fuel the fire when maybe the Holy Spirit is instructing us to throw water on the fire instead by walking away and not engaging. And that doesn't mean we don't teach or we don't have a conversation. We don't require obedience. Whatever it is that we need to do, But sometimes we need to know when it is to speak and when it is to be quiet. And we need to not fuel fires that we're fueling in our homes. And I know as moms, you know what I'm talking about because if our kids are being really disrespectful, we want to tell them immediately, you don't talk to me that way. This is not appropriate. And you can say those things, but we often talk too much, not just as moms, but as parents. And what we need to do in a lot of situations is we need to act more and talk less because our actions speak louder than our words, especially when our kids are not open to hearing us. Because if they're in that state of mind and that's a tantrum in a sense, right? Us throwing an adult tantrum back at them is not helpful. God knows that. It fuels the fire and it keeps this fire going and it gets bigger. What happens? You know, when you fuel a fire, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The fire gets bigger. 
And then what happens is I can just picture, like, just picture this. You're standing on opposite ends of a bonfire than your children. And you're having this verbal dispute going back and forth. And even though you're correcting and even though you are right in what you are saying, you're just dumping every time you go back to your child in response to something because you need the last word because sometimes that's what it is or sometimes we just cannot put up with that and let them talk to us like that. So you're just dumping more fuel on the fire and then your kid is coming back at you and more fuel is getting on the fire on their end. And then the fire keeps growing and growing and growing. And what happens is now you have this big fire in between you and your children and you're separated. You can't see your child anymore, right? Because the fire is just too big. And I like to imagine that that is like the connection between us and our children. When we're just fueling the fire, we lose that connection where if we can be quiet and walk away and then we use those opportunities when their ears are ready to hear, then we go have the conversation. Then we discipline, we teach, we give the appropriate consequence. When everybody is calm, when everybody can still unconditionally love each other, because when we're mad, when we want to get even, we say really dumb things sometimes. And a lot of times we don't mean those things, right? It just comes out of our mouths. I know that I do. I need to stop talking is what I need to do sometimes when I'm mad. I need to walk away. Do you know that if you work through, like if you an emotion comes up for you and you acknowledge that emotion and then you're like, hmm, why, let me just acknowledge this and work and breathe through it, it'll pass in 90 seconds. Somebody recently actually said 30 seconds, but when I did research um, on emotional intelligence and I've read a book on that, what I got was 90 seconds, that it takes an emotion to pass 90 seconds. If you're not ignoring it, you don't want to stuff it down or just ignore that it exists. Why am I feeling this way? In the moment, just say, oh, I'm feeling really angry. I acknowledge that I'm feeling angry. What's making me feel angry? Okay, let me breathe through that. Walk away. Make sure people are safe, your kids are safe, and walk away, right? We need to be more proactive as moms. And being attentive, having godly attentiveness, helps us to be more proactive and less reactive. When we're fueling that fire, we are being reactive. We are not being proactive. We are not acting out in wisdom. And that's not what God wants us to do. God does not want us to be in a verbal venom, you know, with our children or our spouses. That's why if you go to counseling, they'll always tell you, a good counselor, you know, one of the things that they will tell you, um, and maybe this is, you know, technique-based, but... Um, 
one of the things that they will instruct you to do is to not have conversations with your spouse or your loved ones when you guys are in are are feeling heat, right? That you're not doing it while you're angry, that you're not approaching certain things in the heat of the moment. Why? Because we're emotional. We're using the emotional part of our brain and the emotional part of our brain is not logical. So we end up hurting each other and we do the same to our children. We don't always like to think that as moms, we just want to get even and it's not Again, that's not intentional. We're not like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to get even with you. But we're fueling a fire. And I think if we stopped and we listened to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would instruct us to throw water on the fire instead. And I'm just going to tell you that my child gets candy. My special needs guy. This actually drives me crazy. Gets candy at Awana. I know the hearts are in the right place. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not saying that, but it just drives me nuts that they give these kids candy at eight o'clock at night. And then it's not just like, he's not my normal neurotypical child. He's a child with ADHD. So giving a child candy at eight o'clock at night when it's bedtime is already bad enough. And then you throw ADHD into that mix. Like, forget it. I don't let him eat the candy. I never let him eat the candy, but do I have to listen to this every single week on the way home now for two years. I have realized that even when he is telling me all about myself on the way home from Moana, because he gets mad and when he doesn't get his way, he gets mean because he is, has the emotional maturity of a three-year-old and he's much smarter than a three-year-old. His executive functioning skills are behind. So he's also above average intelligence um he was given an intelligence test so when you hear me say that it's not like oh I'm just his mom and I think he's so super smart no he's very very super smart truly above average intelligence he had an IQ test when he was um evaluated and during that was one of the things they evaluate while they're you know evaluating special needs He's high anxiety, high intelligence. Kids that are high intelligence often are high anxiety is what the neuropsych doctor told us. He also has ADHD combined. So on the way home from Awana, he will tell me all about myself when I don't give him that candy. Why? Because he has the emotional intelligence of a three-year-old and he can't handle being told no. Well, that doesn't mean I give in to him or give him his way. That's not how I parent. The answer is no, I said no. I would much rather him have the candy in the morning. It's actually, if you look up, you know, when is the best time for you to eat sugar um, or sugary things, it's in the morning because your body has all day to process it and get it out. You really don't want to be like eating sugar as I have a problem when I go out and buy ice cream and eat it before bed and then go to bed. So I'm not saying that I always practice this and I'm not shaming you if you do something similar or give your kids sugar at night, but the best time to have sugar is in the morning. And if he has it in the morning, then his body has all day to process it. It's a little bit of sugar. You know, I don't deprive him either because he has ADHD. I want him to be able to enjoy the candy, um, but there are times to do so at after it's early after bedtime and that's a recipe for disaster. 
But anytime I even come back with even a simple sentence like, Jack, that's not an appropriate way to talk to me. It fuels the fire because he's a bear poker and he will just keep going on and on and on. And if I get quiet and I don't say anything, which really it's a mindset that you have to get in because it's hard and I'm not saying that it's easy. It's hard to sit there. But the times when I get quiet and I don't say anything, I almost always, I cannot remember one time where this has not happened. He apologizes to me and recognizes that he was wrong and he should have not talked to me that way. And then he understands he can't have the candy till the morning. He's still disappointed about it. And he apologizes to me. Now, If I even say one thing to him where I am right, I still am right. I'm not saying that I'm not. And I'm fueling the fire. I never get an apology. It keeps going on and on and it escalates when I am going back and I'm saying things to him. Now, if I say that one thing and then I stop talking, then it will diffuse. But it's when I stop talking is when it diffuses. When I stop fueling the fire, I am the adult. And I think sometimes we, we forget that. And I think it's important that we talk about things in real life. Like this is real life for me instead of me just saying, oh, this is something that you need to do and da, 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 and not giving you the background of something that's happened in my life where I do use this. I fuel fires. Believe me. My husband fuels fires. Believe me. We are human. We are emotional. We react. But when I am in the mindset and my heart is open, I am telling you, God is telling me not to fuel the fire. He is telling me to stop talking Because guess what? He's prepping my heart to diffuse this situation. And he's prepping my child's heart to know and to convict it. This is not appropriate. But do you think if I'm talking back and we're going back and forth and there's this verbal venom going on between us, we can hear God talking to us. We can hear God's Holy Spirit directing us and giving us wisdom. I don't know that for a hundred percent fact but I would say probably not, right? We probably do not hear God when we are louder than his voice. And if we can be proactive by listening and seeking God's godly attentiveness, right? When... We are allowing God to use that love through our lives. It helps us to be proactive. And as moms, like I said before, we need to be more proactive and less reactive. That helps us to be purposeful moms. If we are void of godly attentiveness, then we will miss God's leading and we will ignore the needs of others in our lives. Like I said before, and of course we don't do this intentionally. But as parents, we want our own will. We want to get back at our kids. Right? 
and that's not what the Holy Spirit is instructing us to do. I really, truly don't think that. We need to put the fire out, not fuel it. Sometimes our children know when they're being disrespectful. I think most likely our children know they're being disrespectful. And like I said, if we get silent like I do in the car, then that opens the door, right, for growth to happen, change to happen, hearts to be convicted and change and to change. Having godly attentiveness is first listening to the wisdom of God when, as to when are we supposed to speak and when we are supposed to keep silent. And like I said before, we want to diffuse and not fuel. Attentiveness requires that we look outward and that we pay attention to God first and then to the cues of others so we can meet their true needs. So does this mean that we listen to our kids whining and complaining to give us, uh, or to us, excuse me, and to give in to their demands? No, not necessarily to what they're demanding, but our kids whining may tell us something, right? It may tell us that they're tired and they need a nap or that they're overwhelmed and they need to leave a situation. So you see in those moments, if we're being attentive to what they truly need, like giving them a nap and not what they're whining about, and not necessarily what they think they need, this helps us to be more, more proactive and reactive. So we're looking outward at what's going on and then we're paying attention to God first. We're paying attention to the cues of others and what their true needs are, maybe not what they're telling us they need. Because a lot of times our kids are just saying, I need this, I need this, I want this, I want this, when we know best, right? This is not what they need. They don't need that piece of candy. They need sleep right now. They need to go to bed right now. Jack doesn't need candy at 8, you know, in the car. We're on the way home. It's 8.15 at night. He doesn't need candy at 8.15 at night. He gets up and goes on the bus at 7 a.m. That's when the bus comes to pick him up. He's usually in bed at 7.30. So this is past bedtime. He doesn't need that candy. He thinks he does. That's what he's telling me. But what do I know he needs? I know he needs sleep. That's the wise response. And when he goes into that verbal attack, what am I to do? I'm supposed to look to God. What do I do in this situation? And I believe God tells me to stop talking. Don't fuel it. If you don't fuel it, it has to diffuse it's going to fizzle out. It's not that I ignore him when he stops being, you know, mean or disrespectful. And he says, mama, because that's what happens every time I say, yes, Jack, 
I don't ignore them. But if I say, I'm not going to talk to you, you're not talking to me appropriately, then it just fuels the fire again. If I say yes, Jack, and I just wait and listen, even though I want to say, you don't talk to me like that, this is inappropriate, and believe me, he does hear those things from me, but in that moment is not when those things are appropriately said, they're not heard by him. He doesn't hear them in that moment. He hears, I'm going to just keep this up. I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to keep pushing your buttons. And I'm not going to apologize. But if I become quiet, and if I listen to God, and I become quiet, and I am proactive, and I keep my mouth closed then God convicts his heart. I believe that is true. And he apologizes to me. So we need godly attentiveness first. We need to seek God first so that he can help us to be proactive and to be attentive to the true needs of our kids, not what they think they need, what they truly need. And we need to seek God for that direction and wisdom So let's pray, moms. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we just get on our knees and will you just get on your knees with me, moms? I literally just got out of my chair and I got on my knees and I should have said this before we started praying. (laughs) But how many of us actually get on our knees and bow at the feet of Jesus Because I don't do that on a regular basis. God just put that on my heart to do this during prayer. Probably because I strategically take time to make sure that I do a prayer for moms. And I do this message. And every week for the past few weeks, just the past few weeks, he's nudged my heart to get on my knees as I talk about meeting him in his throne room with you moms listening. And we get on our knees and we bow at the feet of Jesus and we just praise you, God. Thank you. Thank you for every mom here. Thank you that your word is always true and that we can always go to it for the answers that we're seeking. Thank you for the wisdom that you give because it's something you promise to give us when we ask for it. I ask on behalf of every mom here who is listening today that you just fill us with godly wisdom, that you lead and direct us in our lives as moms because each of our kids and each of our families need different things, God. We just ask that you just help us to be the hearts of our homes, that you help to lead us in the right direction, that you help us to discern the right thing, that you give us wisdom on what it is to do for our families. We pray that your will be done in our families' lives, in our children's lives, in our husband's life, in our lives, not our will. 
We pray that our will aligns with yours, God. And we pray that you just help us to listen for your voice. That when we are messing up, because we will do that, whether we're kids, parents, whoever, employees, bosses, we're going to mess up. We're human. We're not you. Just pray that your voice becomes the loudest, that it becomes louder than ours, and that you lead us, and you direct us, and you convict our hearts. I pray for refining. I pray for refining for every mom listening here today, myself included, God, that you just help us to remove our stony, stubborn hearts and to replace it with a new heart, God. A loving heart, a kind heart, a gentle heart, a patient heart, a forgiving heart that you just provide us with the fruits of the Spirit. I pray for peace in our lives. I often wish my home was peaceful and less chaotic, but I feel like with what you have uh, blessed me with, that's an unrealistic expectation. But something I was reminded of in church today and that just really hit home for me was that even though maybe I don't have physical peace in my life, I can have that spiritually if I stop talking and I listen to you and I seek your wisdom before I make moves. And I've been trying hard to do that and to be obedient to you. So I just pray that you help me and each mom listening here today to listen for your voice and your direction and that we are obedient to the things that you're asking us to do. Not when we want to, but when you're asking. As there was something in my life that you asked me to do for quite a while and I just didn't do it. And I was thinking about this, where sometimes the big things that you ask us to do, like make big moves and quit jobs and do these things, we do them. I ponder over them for a few weeks and I wonder, is it me or you, God? And then I know it's you from the beginning, really, but I have to just make sure, right? I have to keep asking (laughs) And I'm so quick to be obedient to that. And I like to say in the smaller things, I'm not as obedient or quick to listen. But some of the things, this thing in particular, that's not a small thing. And I have been treating it as such. And I just am felt a need to just say this today because this is something that I need to repent of, something I haven't been obedient to. And while I have done that in private, I feel like maybe there's somebody else listening here today that needs to repent of something and ask for your guidance and wisdom and help to be obedient to something you're asking them to do too. 
So I just felt it on my heart to just bring that here, God, that there are these things that we're not obedient to. And I do think that sometimes it doesn't prevent you necessarily because you're God, right? And you're going to use things to your glory no matter what. But sometimes I think it makes things harder for us and it prevents us from receiving certain blessings or certain things in our lives prolongs you using us in a way that you have intended to use us because we're not being obedient. And I just apologize for that. And I just ask for me and every other mom here that you just help me and that you help us to hear your voice and to be obedient to it when you ask because you know what's best, God. And I'm just going to stop and pause for a minute for any other mom here who needs to just lay something down at the feet of your cross, God. There's lots of things I have to repent for and that I have and even things I have repented for that I'm not doing anymore and I just, they come up and I just like, man, why did I ever do that? I just feel so bad and I'm so sorry, Lord. Because it's drawn a line. It's put up a wall between me and you and I just want to take all those walls down and I want to be obedient to you in my life. So mama, if you have something to lay down, lay it down at his feet right now. God, I just pray for each mom. Know her heart, refine it. Just be with her. Okay. God, I just pray that as we approach this new week, that you just be with our families, that you protect them that you just surround each and every family with your heavenly angels around and about them, that you shelter each one of us and our families under the shadow of your wings, God. I pray that you use us how you see fit, that you lead and guide us for your will and not our own, and that your voice speaks louder than ours in our parenting, in our marriages, when we're interacting with others, that you help us to boldly bring people to Christ and to salvation. God, we just pray over our kids that you just help us to parent them well, that you fill each one of them with what it is that they need that you grow the fruits of the Spirit in them as you grow them in us and our spouses as well. Lord, I just pray for the schools that our children go to, to for their teachers, their administrators, that the people that our kids surround themselves with and they're surrounded by when they're not in our care, and when they're not with us, that they're good and that... They only speak truth to our children. And even when our children hear things that are untrue, that are not from you, that it just rolls right off of their back, that they won't internalize it, that they will only hear your truth in their lives. 
God, I pray that you bring good friends into our children's lives, good people into our children's lives that can mentor them and lead them and guide them. I pray that they all be warriors for you, Lord, no matter what the cost, that we be warriors for you, God, no matter what the cost. And Lord, I just pray that whatever each mom is going through, that she's just able to lay that at your feet today and to know that while maybe it's not your will to take it from her and that you don't promise that you will do that, you do promise that you will walk her through it and that you will be by her side and that when her heart is breaking, your heart is breaking too and that you understand that you are a compassionate and loving God and that you are going to get us through the difficult times that we go through, not that you're going to remove them from our lives. And I pray that for each mom, that you help us to walk through those difficult times and that we feel your presence and that we just can turn in praise to you and gratitude for being here through us or with us through our desperate and dark moments. And even maybe we're just going through a season of extreme blessing. Please help us to not forget you. Please help us to remain focused on you and praise and gratitude for the wonderful things you're doing in our lives. And I believe that you still do those things even as we experience hardships as sometimes we just focus on what's hard and not what we're blessed with. God, I just pray that you just help us to see the truth, that you help us to hear the truth, and you help us to spread the truth, that you help us to be encouraging to each other, and that you help us to be encouragers in our homes. And I just pray these things, Lord Jesus, in your precious, beautiful, wonderful name. Amen. Well, thank you, Mama, for being here with me today. Um, Next week, we are going to go through another attribute, and we're just going to kind of continue with just like learning about the attributes of God and how as moms, um, I think we can uh, incorporate that into being purposeful in our homes because um, while we can't be God, like we talked about last week and like we talked about this week, we can seek You know, while we can't be God and we can't, you know, obviously we can't be attentive to our kids as God is attentive to us. We can work to reflect that character by asking for him to guide us and for his wisdom. And we can ask him for godly attentiveness as we care for those that we, um, that he has put in our care, right? So I love you moms. I thank you for tuning in. Make sure that you utilize the new uh, communication button with me where you can, you know, write to me. You don't necessarily, I think the question there is like, hey, you know, let me know how you liked this message and how I can help you to be purposeful in your home. Write anything in that um, space. Let's be a community who loves each other and cares for each other. Let me know if you would like me to create a group, if it's by text or by, um, you know, a Facebook group or, you know, any sort of group 
Maybe it's a Microsoft Teams. Maybe it's something that you would benefit from to be in community with each other, loving each other, encouraging each other, praying for each other more than just on Mondays. I would love to do that with you. So I just pray that you have a wonderful week. I pray that we can really truly connect and talk to each other um, and really get to know each other um, on a daily or on, you know, on a weekly basis and a daily basis that we can do life together, even virtually. Let me know who you are and, and that you're listening and what you like about the show, what you would like to see on the show. Um, and I hope each of you mamas listening today has a wonderful blessed week and I pray uh, that your families are blessed and safe take care mama until next time god bless